Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show. I am Rudy Maxa, a.k.a. The Savvy Traveler, and I'm your genial radio show host. This hour, we're going to meet a former board member of the National Transportation Safety Board. His name is John Goglia, and I want to ask him what standard procedures are in the case of an airplane crash, and I'll put this in quotes, normal circumstances, unquote. We'll contrast that with the mess in Ukraine that even as I talk with you this weekend, is still a crash site woefully short of investigators. It's a site where victims were treated callously is an understatement, and looting of victims' belongings that fell out of the sky was a routine. Then we're going to consider the role islands, islands play in the world, and in world history. J. Edward Chamberlain is the author of a new book titled simply Island. Admit it, just the word island conjures visions of beaches and getting away from it all, and I bet our author knows why. And 30 minutes south of Seattle, the LeMay America's Car Museum is at nine acres in size, one of the world's largest auto museums. It's a love letter to the world's car culture. We're going to meet the museum's curator. Then have you ever rented, excuse me, have you ever returned a rental car a half hour late, 15 minutes late, an hour late, and been shocked by the extra charge on your bill? Well, once most car rental companies gave you an hour's grace period. Not anymore, says our guest later this hour. He's the funny money columnist for the Detroit News. He's looked into this, and he says, renter be where? So we've got a full plate, but first to look at some travel news. Well, there's a reason the Israeli airline uh, LL kept flying into Tel Aviv when others stopped doing so a couple of days ago. American flights, by the way, have resumed. At least six of uh, LL's planes are, mis- are equipped with Israeli-made systems that can deflect shoulder-launched missiles, not the kind of missiles that uh, brought down the uh, Malaysian Airlines uh, plane over, uh, over the Ukraine, but shoulder-launched missiles. Those are ones that can hit planes as they're taking off or landing. Well, that's all well and good, but interestingly, the flight stoppage had nothing to do with shoulder launch missiles. It was a ground-to-ground missile that fell near the airport that made many U.S. airlines, or three U.S. airlines, to be specific, stop service for a couple days. And by the way, the warriors in Gaza do not have the kind of missiles that brought down that Malaysia Airlines jet over Ukraine. Because the anti-missile system on LL planes cannot protect from radar-guided missiles like that, long-range missiles, only the heat-seeking ones that have the capability to hit an aircraft when it's low to the ground to take off or landing are of consequence here. So it's a little weird because, I don't know, it's just strange that the American Airlines stopped flying. By the way, the Israelis got serious about that defense system after two shoulder-fired rockets narrowly missed an Israeli-chartered plane in late 2002 in Mabasa, Kenya. Well, here are some questions for you. Why would members of the House of Representatives allow airlines, of all things, or of all companies, to write consumer protection legislation involving airlines? Why would some members who are ardent members of the House who are ardent free market advocates support a bill that disadvantages the consumer by obscuring airfare prices in a way that economists agree can distort functioning markets? That's economist language. And why would members of Congress, who are normally in the consumer's corner, allow a bill to be passed out of committee after just minutes of discussion without securing the input of consumer groups? 
Those are just some of the questions consumer groups are asking about the big push by airlines to pass what's called, I call it the Orwellian-named piece of legislation called Transparent Airfare Act of 2014. It was hustled through the House, so it's now up to the Senate to put the brakes on it, because if it passes, we're going to have a heck of a time comparing apples to apples when looking at fares side by side. You'll see a $300 fare advertised and be surprised to find when you push the buy button, you're really paying $375. On Monday... The U.S. State Department advised American citizens to consider deferring non-essential travel to Israel due to the conflict between Israel and uh, Hamas fighters in Gaza. Would you visit Israel now? Well, some tourists have been saying no. Tourism accounts for a good part, about 20% of uh, Israel's G, uh, GDP, I uh, understand. And uh, there have been many cancellations, particularly by Americans, according to news reports, of traveling to Israel. But the Israeli tourism folks say, wait a minute saying that hotels, restaurants, tourist sites, holy places are open as usual, pointing out that the State Department hasn't banned travel to Europe by Americans. It's just asked Americans to, quote, consider, unquote, the situation. My guest is Omer Eshel. He's the director of the Israel Ministry of Tourism based in Chicago. He overlooks, oversees the Midwest region. He joins me by phone from Chicago now. Omer, how are you? Very well. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Um, so... Delta, United, and U.S. Airways temporarily suspended their flights to Israel. Those are back on. The vice president and GM of El Al, Israeli's airline, estimates their sales are down approximately 25% around the world. 20% of all tourism to Israel is from the U.S., followed by Russia, Britain, France, and Germany. And uh, in some of the cities like Ashkelon and Ashad and Beersheba, uh, executives are saying hotels are completely empty. It's summertime. The hotels and restaurants are supposed to be full of tourists. At this moment, almost everything's closed. That's a public relations specialist for various hotels and restaurants in Israel. But uh, another gentleman in Israel said, this is the very best time to visit Israel. So what, what, what would you advise your neighbors in Chicago if they said, Omer, should I go now? Well, let, let, me, let me just put things in, in, in perspective. Uh, number one, it's not that everything's completely closed and there's no, there's no one there. It's true that the capacity of the hotels dropped to 30%. But still, 30% is not nothing. It's, we still have 30% of occupancy in those areas that you spoke about in Ashkelon, Ashdod, and, uh, oh, of course, in Tel Aviv. So, and the restaurants are still up and running. And let us not forget that we also have internal tourism. So it's true that a lot of tourists, mainly from Europe, by the way, uh, canceled uh, their tour to Israel because now for them is their summer vacation, the, the vacance, which Israel is very, very close to them. So a lot of them postponed their trip. Uh, from the Midwest region, actually, a lot of groups didn't change the plans because they are, they are planning to be there in November. Um, in, in general, I would say uh, depends where you want to go in Israel. I call my family every day to see what's going on. My family lives up in the north. And today when I spoke to my father, he's actually traveling right now, uh, hiking in, uh, uh, in Gilboa Mountains, which is in the Jezreel Valley. So if, if you have a group that wants to go to the area of Gaza or around Gaza, I wouldn't advise to do that. Although we do have a ceasefire, and let's be to God, nothing happened yet. Without ceasefire, it's still there. But if you want to go travel to uh, the Galilee and uh, to Jerusalem, myself, I don't see any problem. Uh, uh, actually, my family is going there uh, in a week and a half from now. So, okay, so I think that's the way I'd pose the question to you. If I was an American thinking of going to Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, would I be aware that there was a conflict going on? In Jerusalem, almost nothing. 
In Jerusalem, they did try to target twice Jerusalem, but not anymore because of the topographical location and uh, uh, the civilian uh, structure of of of, uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, Jerusalem. Tel Aviv, oh yes, it's it's more targeted. However, uh, it's very hard for them to hit Tel Aviv because of the Iron Dome. So, if you ask me, where would you go? I would go up to the north. I would go visit Haifa, Galilee, Sea of Galilee, that area. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, the Iron Dome is a defensive system that uh, is an anti-rocket system that fires when someone fires a rocket incoming. Uh, the, the Israeli defensive system tries to intercept it and generally does. All right, Omer. Um, I, 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 having been to Israel many times and, and understanding the, the geography, I agree with you. But I, I think you can also probably understand some reluctance on the part of visitors. But thank you for giving us your viewpoint, and I hope this ends soon. Thank you so much. Be right back. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. Everybody knows vacations are instantly rewarding. Instant relaxation, instant tan lines, instant margarita buzz. With the Orbitz Rewards program, the payoff comes just as quickly. Earn free hotels faster when you earn rewards instantly on flights, hotels, and vacation packages. And you can earn even more when you book on the Orbitz mobile app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. Join Orbitz Rewards today at Orbitz.com slash rewards and get instant vacation gratification. That's Orbitz.com slash rewards or look under sponsors at RudyMaxa.com. At last, Nexium, the purple pill, is available without a prescription for frequent heartburn. See those women drinking their iced mocha whatevers? Now they have Nexium-level protection. That guy struggling to text and eat soup at the same time? Him too. Introducing Nexium 24-Hour, the protection of the number one prescribed acid-blocking brand, just without the prescription. New Nexium 24-Hour, Nexium-level protection, now in the heartburn aisle. May take one to four days. Use as directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever. Yes, every day, TrueCar users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Some features not available in all states. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third, simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, every day, TrueCar users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. It's 18 minutes after the hour, and this segment of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by our friends at Orbits.com who want to remind you that they know vacations are instantly rewarding, instant relaxation, instant tan lines, instant margarita buzz. Well, maybe. But with the Orbits Rewards program, the payoff comes 
equally quickly. You'll earn free hotels faster when you earn rewards instantly by booking flights, hotels, and vacation packages at Orbitz.com. You earn even more when you book on the Orbitz mobile app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. So join Orbitz Rewards today at Orbitz.com slash rewards. Get instant vacation gratification. That's Orbitz.com slash rewards. Or look at RudyMaxa.com under sponsors, the radio show website. John Golia is a lifelong aviation safety advocate. He's spent 50 years uh, in the aviation field. Um, more to the point for my uh, inviting him on the show today, he was uh, appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate for two terms uh, on the National Transportation Safety Board. The NTSB, of course, is in charge of invest- investigating airplane crashes. John Golia, welcome to the show. I thank you for taking time out of your weekend to talk with us. Well, thanks for having me. And what I'd like to do in the short eight or nine minutes we have together, John, is 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 talk for a minute about, and I know there's no standard air crash or traditional air crash, but let's presume a commercial jetliner goes down for whatever reason in the United States on land. What is protocol, generally speaking? How fast do NTS people get out there? What do local law enforcement authorities generally do? What is the local standard operating procedure in a case like this. And we're going to, of course, contrast that with what happened in Ukraine in a moment. All right. Well, in the U.S., the NTSB has very broad authority to inspect uh, any accident scene and collect information, data, and take possession of anything that's of of interest. Uh, The local, uh, when an accident happens, uh, we have a GO team that's in Washington as well as other teams around the country. And if it's a major accident like uh, Malaysia would be considered a major accident. Sure. Our GO team would come from Washington. Typically, they have to be at uh, the airport within four hours of getting the call. Uh, so the, the team launches pretty quickly. Sometimes it's stretched out with part of the team going immediately and, and part of the team coming a little bit later. Uh, we immediately take control of the scene, but we normally use the state police or local police authorities to control the scene and uh, keep everybody away. And uh, we have a, a protocol, a set of, of uh, rules that we use and the NTSB uses uh, to, to conduct an investigation. And although every accident may be different, the protocols are the, are the instructions, if you will, uh, on how to conduct an investigation are pretty standard. They've been developed with the international community over the, over, since the end of World War II. And uh, it is it is a very robust set of procedures, and if you follow those procedures, you'll get a good outcome. Have what? Have any of those procedures been? Were any of those procedures followed in the last week in Eastern Ukraine? None. None. That's what I none. what I thought. Absolutely none. Does uh, the NTSB? I, these you described them as go teams. It's my understanding from having read about them over the years that these are folks who you know have beepers on their belts or I guess cell phones now. They have access to private planes or jets that can get them to a, 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 a accident scene quickly. Do NTS and and am I correct? NTSB investigators are also often invited, or do they go on their own to overseas locations? Oh, well, there's two answers to that question. Under the, under ICAO. ICAO means the International Civil Aviation Organization. Mm-hmm. It's based in Montreal. It's part of the United Nations. And ICAO also has a set of rules under, they, we would call it a chapter, they call it Annex 13. And the NTSB does follow Annex 13 as well. Uh, they have a set of international rules 
that are in place. And member countries, and they include most every country in the world, has signed on to follow those procedures in the event there is an accident. So uh, I guess that in, a, in just a couple of words, you can say accident investigations are conducted with a very detailed set of instructions. And the personnel who follow those instructions are specialists in their own fields. In other words, power plants, we have power plant engineers. Uh, on the electronics of the airplane, the avionics, the airplane, we have specialists in avionics. We have specialists in aerodynamics. And the list goes on and on and on, where we have specialists uh, that, that conduct these investigations, both in the U.S. and around the world. So NTSB and, investigators will go overseas? Yes, we will get invited. Now, now that part of that Annex 13 says that if it's a U.S. airplane that crashes in, in uh, someplace outside of the U.S., we have a right to participate in the investigation, I see. although the investigation is led by the country where the airplane crashes. All right. I'm talking with John Golia. My guest is a, is a former National Transportation Safety Board member. We're talking about the how an NTSB investigation, how a crash investigation is normally carried out, and how sharply it contrasts with what happened in Ukraine. So you followed the news, I'm sure, more closely, well, as closely as all of us, probably in this case, because it certainly has riveted the world's uh, media. What's your theory that you had a bunch of, I don't mean bunch, I don't mean to say it that way, that you have some mil- some rebels who are fomenting conflict in eastern Ukraine, and this plane basically lands in their lap, unfortunately it didn't land, it crashed in their lap, and they simply don't know what to do, and they don't want to con- concede authority to U- the Ukrainian government, who they're battling. I mean, is that your read on it, that it was just a political, military mess, a fog of war situation? Well, I, I think maybe it goes a little further. My own opinion is that, that they made a mistake and shot this airplane down, maybe thinking it was some, something else. I'd agree. And then they realized the consequences of, of the event, and they've tried to disrupt and contaminate and impede the investigation any way ah, they can. Yes, and they've, uh, they've probably done a pretty good job of it, haven't they? I think they have done an excellent job of it. I mean, first off, they picked through the wreckage, and they probably knew that we would be looking for any big pieces of the missile that uh, may have remained. So they picked through the, through the wreckage first. Then they opened it up for civilians to go through and pick through and, and most likely loot the... Uh, the belongings of the passengers on board and anything else that was of value. Uh, and then they started moving heavy equipment in there and moving pieces of the airplane, yeah. uh, which makes it virtually, uh, I won't say impossible, but very difficult to get any meaningful information out of the wreckage. And we're broadcasting live on Saturday morning, John. It's uh, 11.18 Eastern time on Saturday morning. I remind our listeners that many of our stations time shift this show to later on Saturday or even into Sunday. But as we speak at uh, 11.25 uh, on uh, Eastern on Saturday morning, um, it's still not clear to me that investigators from the Netherlands or anywhere else for that matter have, have clearance to really do their jobs. As of Friday that, night, uh, I don't think That's what I did. saw on TV this morning. Yeah. The reports from the scene, it's already daylight over there, and the reports from the, from near the scene were that the investigators still have not been having uh, unfettered access to the crash site. 
Do you think that, I mean, well, I, it's probably an unfair question to ask you, but it seems to me that at least from photographs of some of the piece, larger pieces of the wreckage, that it's clear it was something that went into the plane, a missile, you know, shrapnel, whatever, going into the plane as opposed to an explosion that came outward, because you can tell from the skin from photographs. Um, do you think we'll get a definitive answer? Uh, well, we'll get some answers, but I don't know that we'll get all the answers that we need. But we will get some. What just like you just mentioned, it's probably shrapnel impact uh, on the airplane. I saw through some pictures, some pieces that looked to me like it was impacted by shrapnel. Uh, but it will be a while before we know if we can get anything meaningful out of it. It won't be for lack of trying. It'll be for the fact that everything has been moved and mixed up. And do you know if any NTSB uh, investigators it, it, are going to be involved? Into trying to unscramble an egg. Yeah. Do you know if any NTSB members, uh, investigators, will be involved? There is one uh, in country, and there's one in London where the boxes are. Okay. Okay. Uh, so they're going to leave the boxes in London, and and I assume that's one of our specialists from the Voice and Voice Recorder Lab. I think we're lucky we got the, the you know that somebody other than the rebels have the boxes for goodness sake, you know. Well, I don't know how how much good the boxes are going to do us, but. Yeah, it'll it, show it was flying it at a normal a to everything that happens. Yeah, it'll give it a timeline. It'll show it was flying at a normal height and everything was working fine until boom, right? Right. John Goley is a former National Transportation Safety Board member, and I really appreciate your taking time to join us, John. Thank you for your insight. All right, thanks for having me. Ah, 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 ah. Boy, this is uh, not the way it's supposed to happen. Coming up uh, on, uh, we're going to talk about. We're going to switch subjects to a little happier subject and talk about. Islands with an editor of a book who's written a book called Island. Ted Chamberlain joins us after this break. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Everybody knows vacations are instantly rewarding. Instant relaxation, instant tan lines, instant margarita buzz. With the Orbitz Rewards program, the payoff comes just as quickly. Earn free hotels faster when you earn rewards instantly on flights, hotels, and vacation packages. And you can earn even more when you book on the Orbitz mobile app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. Join Orbitz Rewards today at Orbitz.com slash rewards and get instant vacation gratification. That's Orbitz.com slash rewards or look under sponsors at RudyMaxa.com. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 33 minutes after the hour. And uh, 
J. Edward Chamberlain is the author of a new book. It's called Island, How Islands Transform the World. He is a university professor emeritus of English and comparative literature at the University of Toronto. He has a lot of other things after his name because he's a smart guy. I noticed that uh, we're going to call him Ted because he's asked us to. I have noticed that Ted also wrote a book called Horse, How the Horses Shape Civilization, and the subtitle of, of Island is How Islands Transform the World. Ted, I imagine if you put horses on, on an island, you've got another book. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'd go to Iceland, too. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. Iceland figures largely in your book as well, doesn't it? What, it does. um, you know, to most of us, islands conjure visions of uh, places with palm trees. Of course, we all know they're islands uh, you know, in, in less temperate climates, but... We think of it as vacation spots. The word island sometimes brings up this sort of pleasant feeling. Yeah, I want to go to an island. I would love to own an island. What prompted you to think about looking at an, an island in, an, in, 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 a, in a book-length way? Well, in, in fact, it was, it was a, a line in Henry David Thoreau's a Week on the Concord and Merrimack Rivers where he, he says, uh, something that's fascinated me. An island always pleases my imagination, even the smallest, as a continent, an integral portion of the globe. I have a fancy for building my hut on one, he said. He didn't do that, but I, that, that phrase, that line always uh, haunted me and, and, and fascinated me, and I, wanted, and I got thinking about why islands please our imaginations. I live in, in the midst of islands here on the west coast of Canada, uh, and I realized that islands, wherever they are, often give us a sense of of the geology um, that created them. They're often volcanic, if they're ocean islands, of the natural history, the unique um, character of plants and animals on islands, and perhaps most of all, the the uh, the cultures that have developed on the islands of the world, whether it's Polynesia, whether it's whether it's Iceland in the north, um, whether it's Manhattan. Um, islands kind of bring together a whole range of things that are central to how we live in the world and how we think about the world. So it was, it was all of those things that got me uh, thinking about Ireland. And, and uh, after thinking for a while, uh, there was the book. <laughs> okay, and I imagine being surrounded by water has some kind of subconscious effect on... Oh, it does indeed. And, oh, absolutely. Water is... We have to cross water to get to islands, um, and for most of human history, that meant getting into a boat, often crossing a dangerous stretch of water, um, and that kind of sense of being surrounded by a domain that we're not at home in, um, mm. even though we may love the water, it's, uh, we have to cross it. And something in that, I think, is central to human um, desires and, and fears about islands. They're, uh, they're across there. We want to, I'm looking out right now to a little island that I'll probably paddle across to um, later today. I'm not quite sure why I'll do that, but <laughs> just... <laughs> You're in Vancouver as we speak? Uh, I'm just north of Vancouver, just Half Moon Bay. Well, let yeah. me ask you to expand on your subtitle, How Islands Transform the World. That's a big phrase, transform the world. It is, uh, and it, it's, it's, it's deliberately um, kind of mysterious. Uh, uh, the world be. The world as we know it, um, life as we know it, began with an island as land emerged from the water that covered the earth. And so some of the book is about that sense of islands as being where life began. That was one of Darwin's first comments as he saw the Galapagos. He said he looked out and 
there in front of him was the mystery of mysteries, land appearing out of the water and life beginning. So there's that sense. There's also that sense of the importance of islands in the history of uh, of, of, uh, of humans. Um, didn't didn't the Galapagos islands. Island, isn't that where Darwin saw, because he saw these islands very close together with different shaped animals and, and different kinds of plants, didn't he start thinking about evolution in a serious way? Oh, and also see. there was an oh, old turtle see. there, as I recall, too. No, for sure. And, and uh, turtles and cactus that were high up off the ground um, with, like, small trees where the turtles were, so the turtles wouldn't eat them. And there were a couple of the Galapagos Islands didn't have turtles on them, and the cactus was right on the, right on the ground. And he realized that not just the animals, but the plants, too, adapted to their environment. And he started to think in ways that led to uh, his theory of evolution. And uh, he, But he began his scientific career as a geologist, so it was the geology of islands that that fascinated him as well, and uh, he uh, he you know, and we've got islands of Hawaii is the Hawaiian Islands are a, a lovely example because you can see both the the volcanic history of islands, but also the natural history there with such a wide range of unique species. Well, Ted, we could, I mean, I could talk to you for an hour about this. I honestly can't. I'm just fascinated by it. But uh, I'm going to encourage you to buy Ted's book because I think uh, it'll, it's an eye-opener. It's called Island, How Islands Transform the World, written by J. Edward Chamberlain. Ted, thank you for stopping by Rudy Max's World. Thank you very much, Rudy. It's been a great pleasure. Bye-bye. Fascinating, fascinating. Uh, gosh, I wish I had another 20 minutes with, with Ted. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back here in Rudy Max's World after this break, as always. And we'll talk about a car museum you should know about. Rudy Max's World is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. At last, Nexium, the purple pill, is available without a prescription for frequent heartburn. See those women drinking their iced mocha whatevers? Now they have Nexium level protection. That guy struggling to text and eat soup at the same time? Him too. Introducing Nexium 24 Hour, the protection of the number one prescribed acid blocking brand, just without the prescription. New Nexium 24 Hour, Nexium level protection, now in the heartburn aisle. May take one to four days. Use as directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever. Yes, every day, TrueCar users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Some features not available in all states. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third, 
Simple. Just print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, every day, True Car users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. We all know the Internet connects you to everyone. But ever think how the Internet also connects everyone to you? It's a recipe for identity theft. Thieves can get to our personal info with just a few clicks. So isn't it crazy not to have identity theft protection? I know I've got all kinds of sensitive information floating around online. The good news is you can help protect yourself with a free trial from Identity Guard by visiting identityguard.com slash free. Honey, you know that flight we were supposed to fly out on tomorrow? It's been canceled because of the weather. This was supposed to be our dream vacation. How did we end up here in the emergency room? Where's my luggage? The carousel is empty. Got a travel insurance plan? If you do, you can be covered for trip cancellation due to a covered reason. Medical expenses, lost luggage, and more. Cover yourself today. Call your travel agent or visit TravelGuard.com. Coverage provided by TravelGuard Group Inc., a licensed insurance producer. Coverage will be limited by the terms and conditions of the policy and may not be available in all states. Insurance underwritten by National Union Fire Insurance Company of Pittsburgh, PA. Get out the map, get out the map, lay your finger anywhere down. To participate in the program, call now at 800 387 8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. We are a country, we are a country in love with cars. We've been in love with cars since cars were in, anyway, since Henry Ford started making them affordable for most Americans. I do not know this museum. It is called LeMay, America's Car Museum. It's about 30 miles uh, south of Seattle. The chief curator there is Scott Keller, and he joins me by phone now. Scott, I don't know this museum. Educate. Why don't I know about this museum? Well, one of the reasons could be is that we're only a couple of years young. Um, oh. Okay. Just launched the museum uh, two years ago, June. So it's a it's a growing phenomenon that's uh, gaining popularity, but still growing. And is there a Mr. or Ms. LeMay behind it? Is that why it's called LeMay? Amer- is it called LeMay America's Car Museum? Yes, that's correct. And the museum was founded by um, a local Tacoma businessman named Harold LeMay and built around his uh, collection which was uh, deemed by the Guinness Book of World's Records as the largest private car collection in the world. So really? we got we got plenty of cars. Well, I, I, I know in my notes from uh, Janet and from you that uh, this is one of the world's largest auto museums. How many cars, how many autos are there? Well, at any given time, there's um, about 300 automobiles in the Whoa. museum, but they, but they rotate all the time. Uh, there's plenty to do, uh, 11 exhibits. Um, a lot of cars on a nine-acre campus. My goodness. So are some of the cars outdoors or no? Um, when we have beautiful weekends like we do now, yeah, absolutely. We have, um, we have a plaza and a three-and-a-half-acre show field. So, yeah, there's, there could be hundreds of cars outside in any given day. I mean, what else is there? Are there places to get a soda? <laughs> it's a big spread. <laughs> there's a ton there yes we have a cafe we have okay. a museum store we have our own house theater racing simulators slot cars education department with a family zone uh 11 galleries um there's just about everything you can imagine to do inside the museum all right now we're talking in a minute i'm going to ask you a couple of the of, of the star cars you've got but uh are 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 does the museum bring in cars from other collectors when you say they rotate 
Yes, that's that's really uh, one of the keys to um, um, our museum is that we have these 11 galleries where we tell stories. And in telling those stories, um, many times we can use our own automobiles, but uh, we also reach out to private collectors, other museums, and in other organizations to to bring the cars in. So um, the rotation of the car really serves uh, the theme of the exhibit. So there's, I see. and uh, what uh, give me a couple themes, for example. Well, right now we have a theme called uh, or a gallery called Masters of Mustang, where we're celebrating the uh, um, the people who really came up with the car 50 years ago, uh, the beloved Mustang. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a magnificent uh, exhibit on NASCAR, and it's really the whole NASCAR story. It's a 280-foot gallery, um, just chock full of, of information in cars. Um, one of the newest ones is uh, on uh, Route 66. It's the history of the Mother Road and, and, uh, and everything that people uh, love about Route 66. Those are just some of the highlights. But uh, terrific. And what are some of the star cars? For lack of a, I, there must be a better word phrase than that. But what are the big well, names you, that a car collector would go? Whoa! I can see that there. Yeah. Yeah. At any given time, of course, you can walk in and see star cars anywhere from movie cars to uh, to rare uh, American classics like Duesenbergs and so on. But we really uh, don't talk in the form of just star cars because the museum's full of cars that people have a personal connection with, a memory. So, well, we could say this car is the most expensive or the most rare, but you might come across a 32 Ford and, and say, boy, I had one of those or I remember those. So um, literally every car in the museum carries a story. Fascinating. There's, I, are you open seven days a week? There's an admission charge? Give me some Yes, details. there is. Um, there's an admission charge um, for non-members at uh, $16. We're open seven days a week. And uh, if you're... Um, clever enough to become a member, then there's a, a lot more access than that. The website is lemaymuseum.org. LeMay is spelled L-E-M-A-Y, as you might think it is. So it's all one word, lemaymuseum.org. Scott Keller is the chief curator there. Stop in and say hello. Tell him you heard about it on Rudy Max's World. Scott, I'm delighted to know about it. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, Rudy. All right. A whole new car museum as of June of 2012. How many acre, nine-acre campus? Four-story museum is a centerpiece. Sounds wonderful. 3,500 vehicles in the mid-90s uh, in the LeMay collection. Mr. LeMay, he liked cars. Coming to the end of the hour here in Rudy Max's World. Look, I don't have time for deals, but I'm going to put them in the newsletter that's going to come out this Wednesday. So if you want to know about three or four good deals, I'll put them in the newsletter because I don't have uh, time to do them here. All you got to do is send me an email at rudy at rudymaxa.com and say subscribe. It's free. You'll get it once a week. And it's sort of written, all written by me, very personal. And I think it's got a lot of travel information that'll help you travel more cheaply and perhaps more interestingly. See you next weekend here in Rudy Max's World. Meanwhile, have a lovely week. Thank you to Jeff Ryder, my engineer, and Janet Acevedo McDonald. Almost forgot. Woo! See you next weekend. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. What a surprise. The show's not over. This is, I think, the third time I've done this in six months. We're in the fourth. We have five segments for every hour. And uh, for some reason, the fourth segment, I guess I feel like we're about to the end. 
Um, I keep the show uh, program on a computer screen, and I have one guest at a time up. <laughs> I say goodbye and see you next week, and it's been great. And then we go to commercial, and my engineer goes, um, show's not over yet. <laughs> so if you've stuck around, congratulations. You probably looked at the clock and said, it's not the top of the hour yet. What is he doing saying goodbye? And I'm glad I didn't say goodbye because I really want you to know about this subject. I want to know about it. Brian J. O'Connor is an award-winning personal finance editor, and he writes the syndicated Funny Money column for the Detroit News. And he called me the other day. He actually called me to ask about this. And I said, Brian, I don't know anything about this, but when you find out, I want to have you on the show. Brian had appeared. Well, I'll let you tell it. Brian, something happened to you in Boston when you were returning a rental car that shocked you. Tell us about it and briefly because we want to get to what we can do to avoid it or what the new rules are. Right, right. We were taking our annual uh, trip out to uh, Cape Cod to slaughter lobsters, and uh, just as I was pulling out of uh, Avis Rent-A-Car, uh, I noticed that the uh, my hourly rate, my daily rate, was fine on the rental agreement, but the total was almost a hundred bucks more than uh, than I had expected. This is after and, you and turned the turned, car in. When I was going to bring the car back right. the following Saturday. Right. Um, and so, uh, what it turned out to be was that by some some miracle of modern aviation, we had gotten out of the baggage claim uh, faster than I expected, and so we were picking the car up 35 minutes early, which meant the 3 p.m. return time was now 35 minutes later, and they were charging me uh, for an entire hour, uh, which was, I think, about 60-some-odd dollars, uh, in addition to which then you have all the uh, Logan Airport fees, taxes, and surcharges, uh, which amount to about 46%. Um, so this was adding almost a hundred bucks to my bill. If you, know. you didn't get it back uh, at the exact same time that, that you rent, rented it, right? I needed instead of three o'clock, I needed to bring it back at two twenty-five p.m. And uh, and when I asked the attendant, you know, he said, "Well, we haven't had, you know, we used to have a one-hour grace period, but we haven't right. had it for at least a year, uh, probably and, longer." And what company was this? This was Avis. And, you know, when you when you called me, you said, Rudy, uh, didn't there used to be? I said, yeah, it's usually about an hour's grace time on a rental car. And you said, not anymore with some companies. And you started doing some digging. What have you found? It's actually not anymore with almost every company. Oh, um, it turns out that, that almost all of them are exactly zero a grace. They're about as, uh, as graceful as me at a country line dance. Uh, and I only <laughs> found uh, four uh, Payless Hertz and Budget, and their grace period is only 29 minutes. Wow. Uh, I found a smaller outfit, uh, which is in some very large cities, especially like Los Angeles, uh, and of course uh, here in Michigan at lovely Grand Rapids, that's Fox Rent-A-Car, and they give you 59 minutes. So, the, I mean, the, the bottom line here is be aware of what time you rent the car and be aware of when you bring it back, because if you bring it back two or three or eight minutes late, you're they're not even you know they're not necessarily going to go. Hey, buddy, it's only five or six minutes late. There's no problem. You may get hit with a, a thirty, forty, fifty in, in your case, Boston, an eighty dollar extra charge. Yeah, yeah, and and it's you know and it's a lot of them. It's you know it's a, a thrifty, payless, Alamo. Um, you know a lot of household words. Um, you know now the other thing is that. Uh, beyond not having the grace period, these guys have a very, very elastic definition of time. Uh, you know, about as elastic as my little boy who wants to go to bed in five minutes and in two hours is still complaining. Are you about to talk um, about when you get there and you stand in line to return it? Well, you know, I think that if you, you know, you have to sort of, uh, you know, you sort of have to be a good customer. If you're waiting in line in the garage to turn the car in, 
and this puts you over your return time, you know, then you need to point that out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and hopefully uh, that's not going to be a problem. I'm Avis preferred, so I wouldn't expect, you know, to get killed for that five minutes. So, but what were you uh, talking about then, being elastic? Um, well, what really happens is after that, uh, after that uh, as little as an hour or two late, not only do you not get a grace period, you get socked for the whole day. Ah, okay. So okay. Uh, you go from not even paying the hourly uh, in as little as 90 minutes late uh, at Hertz. Uh, they give you a 29-minute grace period, but after an hour and a half, they're going to sock you for a whole day. You've rented for the uh, whole next day. Now, when you told me, and maybe you found differently in your research, but when we talked earlier this week and I asked you to come on the show, you said you thought if you had, if you were paying with a Platinum American Express card, you got something extra with somebody. Did you find that to be there true? Were, with Hertz, Hertz has a has a platinum uh, plan of its own, and also the, uh, as you know, the American Express Platinum Rewards Card gets you into some of the um, rental car, you know, preferred customer programs. That gives you a four-hour window. Really? Um, That's huge. Yeah, but, you know, you're paying 450 bucks. Right, right. A year for the card, right? <laughs> you know, so uh, uh, so so unless you're, this is happening a lot. Now, on the other hand, it means that, um, you know, if you're planning a trip, uh, a business trip especially, and you've got a meeting, uh, you know, that you've got to make, well, you've really got, you know, a free day because you've got that four-hour four leeway. Four right. um, I didn't, now, I'm Avis preferred, and I have been for years, and I've, I've loved it. Uh, that doesn't give me any break on the grace period and I didn't find two I didn't find any others uh, that did uh, although I sure would like to hear from anybody who knows differently all right Brian O'Connor is a writer with the Detroit News he does a syndicated column called funny money and he's telling you today get that rental car back on time Brian thank you for stopping by thanks for having me Rudy and this really is the end of the show so everything I said before holds Jeff Ryder is my engineer Janet DeAcevedo is my executive producer I'm Rudy Maxa not too bright but I'm your host and I'll see you again next week and have a lovely week You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.